0: I'm going to invite you to open your Bibles to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. The great German theologian of the 16th century, Martin Luther, once said, The soul can do without everything except the word of God, without which none at all of its wants are provided for. Many years before Martin Luther was born, the wisest man, whoever lived, King Solomon, inspired by the Holy Spirit, wrote to his son the words that we're about to read in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. And if you didn't bring your Bible to church, there's probably one under your seat or in front of you. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart for they will prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity. Some of your versions might say something else, like peace, we'll talk more about it. The word prosperity used in this verse is translated from the Hebrew word shalom. Shalom not only means peace, but harmony Completeness, prosperity, nothing broken, nothing missing. Biblical prosperity encompasses all aspects of our lives. It's not just about financial prosperity or financial wealth, as some people believe. God wants us to be prosperous in all aspects of our lives. This text informs us that for us to be spiritually prosperous, we must keep the word of God in our hearts. When the word of God is engrafted in our hearts, we, it, it becomes a life in us. In the scriptures, the heart symbolizes the part that is designed to discern the truth. Our actions are an expression of the condition of our hearts. Sometimes we say things and we wonder where they came out from the heart. Remember I told you whatever it's in the bucket, I mean whatever it's in the well, it's going to come up in the bucket. And the way we speak to others, or of, about others, all that has to do with the condition of our hearts. Proverbs 4.23, we read, Above about all else, guard your hearts, for from it flows the spring of life. If we do not guard our hearts it could grow, grow immune to the word of God and to his presence. We are living in a time where the heart or the conscience of people, including Christians, it's being seared with a hot iron. As the Apostle Paul says in First Timothy chapter 4, verse 2, And many have become desensitized to the word of God and to his presence as well. Sometimes we forget that when we ask Jesus Christ into our lives, he takes residence in our hearts. We receive a pure heart through the new birth by his grace. Therefore, our hearts must be kept pure and must be kept healthy. This is a process. We need to be intentional about it. The only way you and I can keep a pure heart is through the studying of his word in a group, or by yourself, with our spouses, with a friend, but always studying and meditating on it. As the Bible says in Proverbs, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. We could be in a Bible study and read a verse of Scripture that maybe we've read a bunch of times, but someone in the group would say, well, I don't see it that way. I I see it this way. And there we could, if we're open to the move of the Spirit, if we say, Holy Spirit, um, give us discernment as we we are studying your word, we could see something else. We could learn something else that we didn't know before. God told Joshua right before he started his ministry after Moses died in, in Joshua 1 verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart from you, from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. There's that word again. As the 20th century Scottish evangelist, One of my favorite, Oswald Chambers, said, Spiritual truth is discernible only to a pure heart, not to a keen intellect. You see, some people read the Bible for information. They want to know what it says. But the Bible should be read for transformation. If we have been Christians for 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years and our lives are still the same, then something is wrong with the picture. Because the more we study His Word, the more we spend time with Him, the more we become like the Master. I know that life can be painful at times, and during those circumstances, it's easy to develop a stony heart, a bitter heart, a sarcastic heart, you know, people that, they, they will come out and tell you, well, I'm very sarcastic, that's just the way I am, that's not true. That's because of the brokenness and the pain in their lives. And those conditions become barriers. Those conditions block the presence and the work of the Holy Spirit in us. We hear of people having physical heart attacks... But there are some Christians having spiritual heart attacks, too. Because of the cholesterol of resentment and anger has blocked their spiritual arteries. And sometimes those spiritual hearts explode. There's a great need in the body of Christ today for heart catheterization and open-heart surgery. It's good for us to say, as the prophet Jeremiah said, Lord, examine my heart. Jeremiah 17, 10. Give me a humble heart. Give me a heart after your own heart. The psalmist said, your word, I have hidden in my heart so that I will not sin against you. Psalm 119, verse 11. Remember, there's a connection between the heart and the word of God. Every so often, we need to do a heart inventory. Ask ourselves the question, Am I hiding the Word of God in my heart? And is His Word transforming my life? The Bible is a love letter, my friends, from the Father to us, His children. God is constantly pursuing a love relationship. He wants to be in a relationship with us. And through the reading of his word, we get to know him more and more each day. As a matter of fact, Jesus said in John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice, they follow me, They know me and I know them. We will not be able to know or understand God and his creation apart from his word. His word is the standard. His word is the guide for our lives. It directs us when making decisions, when forming opinions in all areas of our lives, we should always have his word as a standard. So it's so important to bring the Bible to church because you want to look and you want to see, you know, the preacher, the teacher might be wrong. It's good to have a few different versions at home As the apostle told uh, Timothy, study to show yourself a proof. Make sure you know what you believe and why you believe it. The Anglican priest John Stodd stated we must allow the word of God to confront us, to disturb us, to disturb our security to undermine our complacency and to overthrow the patterns of thoughts and our behavior. See, the word of God is alive, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, and sharper than any two-edged sword. The prophet Isaiah said the grass withers The flowers false, but the word of the Lord will stand forever. The word of the Lord will accomplish its purpose. And he will never come back, he added, Isaiah 55, 11. And the apostle Paul in the New Testament. Reminded his young prodigy Timothy and reminds us today. All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable, useful for teaching, reproof, correction, for training in righteousness. Second Timothy 3.16. For this reason, praying the word of God is so important. It's more effective than praying our own words. Instead of using our words to talk about how horrible the situation is, we should use the word of God to change the horrible situation. We should declare the word of God over ourselves, our children, our family, our situations. Now don't misunderstand me. It's not just about quoting scriptures like a babbling brook or something like that. We must believe the word. We must meditate on it. And allow the word of God to be engrafted in us and to renew our minds. Romans twelve two calls us to renew our minds. And the only way I know that our minds can be renewed is through the word of God. I read a story about a man visiting a farmer friend who was going through some difficulties. He wondered what had gone wrong. So he asked him, did you have a a poor harvest this year? Is that why you're so upset? And the farmer responded, I didn't have a harvest. Oh, I'm sorry, the friend said. Didn't you even get corn? No, I didn't plant any. I was afraid we would not get enough rain. Well, what about potatoes? You love planting potatoes. Well, I decided not to plant any potatoes either because I was afraid the bugs would come and get them. No wonder this man did not have a harvest. His apprehension kept him from planting the seeds in order to have a harvest. I want to tell you that the word of God is the seed. I'm not making this up. This is according to Luke chapter 8, verse 11. And your heart, my heart is the ground. And we must allow the Lord, the farmer, the great and mighty farmer, to plant his seed in our hearts. That's why the psalmist was able to say, your word I have hidden in my heart. Because it's a seed. If you want to experience and live in the overflow of a prosperous spiritual life, then you must allow the great farmer to plant the seed in your heart. His word still stands today. I miss the fast changing world plagued by confusion, violence wars and plenty of brokenness. Jesus said Heaven and earth will pass away. But my words will never pass away. Matthew 24, 35. If you want your mind to be renewed so that you would not be meditating on all these negative stuff and worrying about it. If you want your behavior to be changed And your life to be totally transformed, store the Word of God in your heart. Don't wait till times get really difficult, it might be too late. I'm here to tell you from experience, because I've had a lot of brokenness in my life and a lot of losses. And it was during those times that the word of God sustained me. The nights when I couldn't sleep because the pain was so great and I couldn't even see the words in the Bible because I was crying, sobbing so bad. I would just lay in bed or on the floor and put the word of God on top of my belly And I would say, Lord, you do it. Let your word sustain me. As the prophet said, your word was like a fire shot up in my bones. And that's exactly what I wanted to experience. The word of God is eternal. Eternal it stands firm in the heavens, Psalm 119, 89. And he promises and he does it. He will bring prosperity to our lives. I don't know what's gonna happen with this world I don't know if it's gonna end tomorrow or in 20 years or it will never. I don't. I, that. I don't know, and I respect everybody's opinions. But there are countries in this world that are not allowed to possess a Bible, let alone read it. In America, we are fortunate. We can have 10, 20, 30 Bibles in different languages and different versions. My humble advice to you today is read it, study it. Don't let it collect dust. Take it to heart. And God forbid you ever have to live during a season, a time when you're not allowed to have a Bible. If you have allowed it to be engrafted in your heart, you will need the book. Because you will be a living book. Because his word is alive in us. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you are not a God that is far from your people. We thank you for your goodness and your mercies. Holy Spirit, we call on you. We pray that you would help us, that you would empower us, that you would give us thirst and hunger after your word. That our greatest desire would be to study your word and to allow your word to change and renew our minds, our emotions, and our behavior, our attitudes. Don't let us continue to just go through the motions without devotion. Instead, give us a heart after yours. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.